authority all heaven and thank you Lord
morning, how are you? I reckon heaven's going to sound something like that. What do you think? I love that. You should just keep doing that. It's pretty cool, isn't it? Does it get in you somehow? Make you want to praise? Make you want to sing a little? You don't look convinced. You look like, oh yeah, whatever. I can feel it coming back. It's going to come back. I can feel it. Where should we start? Yeah. How about thank you, Lord, again? All right. Here we go. Ready? Yeah, come on. Put your thank hands together. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Oh, my soul cries, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Come on. Jesus, it's our great honour to come and celebrate you together, to be able to lift you up, to be able to celebrate and enjoy ourselves in your presence. Father, my prayer this morning is that every person can relax in your presence today, that every person enjoys being together and in your presence today, that we get to celebrate you, that we get to acknowledge you and honour you as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So thank you that in this country particularly, it's so easy to do that. We don't take it for granted this morning. We say thank you for that. Father, I ask too that every church in this city, in this nation, in the nations of the world uh, that gather together, there'll be something great released on our planet this Sunday because people are celebrating the King of Kings. Amen. Why don't you say hello to three or four people around you and... Greet them. Tell them they're looking good. They're sounding great. They made a good decision coming to church this morning. Well, it's great to see you. visiting with us today, very warm welcome to you. I pray and I trust that you can relax this morning and can I encourage you at the end of the meeting as you leave, there's a table down the back, there'll be some people there to say hello and um, if you say hello to them, they've got a pack there, they can give you a welcome pack with bits and pieces in it and any way we can help you in your journey, just let them know, we'd love to, to try and do that. So very warm welcome. If you're here normally, very warm welcome to you, great for coming out today. We've got a great day. We have Pastor Ray Andrews with us all the way from Australia. And this time round, he's traveling also with his son, Mark. So a very warm welcome to you, Mark. It's great to have you here. Wonderful. Well, who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in the last week? Oh, yeah, very good. Thank you for coming clean. Only one winning anniversary this week. Any other birthdays or anything? I shouldn't have said only one. It's very significant. It's yours. One. Come on. 
Happy birthday. How many years married? Nine. Congratulations. Well done. Nicola, happy birthday. Wonderful. Well, all stay here. Church, would you like to jump up on your feet? We are going to declare God's blessing over these wonderful people. Here we go. Ready? Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy birthdays. Happy wedding anniversary. Wonderful. Well, just a couple of things you need to know about. Next Sunday, there's an opportunity to be baptised if you've not been baptised. If you're a disciple of Christ, a follower of Jesus, you need to be baptised. Biblically, you need to be baptised. And uh, so if you haven't been, you'd like to be, if you've got any questions about that, please feel free to see myself or another leader, and we can make that happen for you next week. And that would be wonderful. Also, on the 20th of August, which is not next weekend, but the one after, we have Wayne and Libby Hurirua with us for that weekend. So um, we're going to have a great time with them. They're going to be doing some work with the creative team and encouraging the creative team. And um, then they'll be with us on the Sunday. So I invite you to come out for that. It'll be a great time. But next week, next week's going to be awesome. Next week's going to be unbelievably good. Yeah, I'm speaking. So come out next week. We'll have a bit of fun. It'll be be great. So uh, looking forward to that. Well, kids, you can go. Have a great time. Thank you, teachers. Have a great morning. Enjoy yourselves. I saw on Facebook that Sam Demet got engaged. Well, it's big, isn't it? Fantastic. Fantastic. I see Mallory over there. Congratulations, guys. Wonderful. Got engaged. That's awesome. Very, very good. It's all go. Wonderful. Well, Russell, whereabouts are you? Russell's going to lead us around the communion this morning. And um, why don't you give him a hand as he comes? Thank you. No, I'm okay. Good morning. Um, Host team can uh, hand the animalets out uh, as I go. In my men's activate group, one of the guys had a turn to share and he came along and he asked us this question. He said, have you considered whether you're sinless today? particularly if you've been walking with the Lord for a number of years. Now, it was a really interesting question to ask, and we had this great debate, and I know as soon as I asked that question this morning, there's all these theological warning bells going off in your mind, because Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we're celebrating communion today, which is all about remembering that God sent His only Son to dwell among us in fully human form, And while he was with us, he remained without sin. 
so that he could be the perfect unblemished lamb of God so that he could make that sacrifice for you and I on the cross of Calvary for all sin for all of humankind for all of time so that you and I in 2017 today we can come and say Jesus will you forgive me and we are cleansed and washed clean and that's the beginning of a wonderful journey and it can be a little bit troubling at times because we have a bit of baggage that we come through from the old life but behold all things are made new the old is past all is made new we're winners and not losers. We're, we're the head and not the tail. We're children of the living God. Praise God. And it's an exciting journey. And um, now we're kingdom focused. We're living in the kingdom. And um, the key to that journey is in a really big word called repentance. And repentance simply means turning around and going the other way. And, you know, beforehand, we were walking in this direction and we were self-serving and self-righteous and self and everything. And then we repent and we turn around and we're going in the opposite direction. Now we're headed towards God. And it's a great journey. And um, along the way, what we're trying to do is become like Christ. And he gave us an example of what it was like to live while he was here and to be like Christ. And we've got this great saying in the church that we really love. Whenever, how does it go? Wherever, be like Jesus. And that's the journey that we're taking, to be like him. And there's something that really interesting happens when we're on that journey to whenever, wherever, be like Jesus. This is what happens. We sin less, and we sin less, and we sin less, and less, and less. And that's the journey that we're all about. So today, as we're celebrating communion, part of it is remembrance. But also part of it is a time to assess how well are we tracking? How well is our journey going to be like Jesus? How are we doing whenever, wherever to be like Jesus? So maybe it's a time to say, Lord, I need to sort some things out with you. Maybe it's things that we need to put right with other people. Maybe it's some adjustments we need to make in our journey to show forth the fruits of repentance as we're kingdom focused. So whatever you need today, the great thing about communion as we take these elements is that we can ask Jesus to forgive us, to cleanse us, and to help us to walk whenever, wherever, to be like Jesus. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you that uh, we can come to you today. Lord, no matter where we are on the journey, no matter how we're doing, no matter what we need to say to you today, we thank you that you forgive us you cleanse us and you make us completely clean and give us the ability lord to walk with you to be like you to be whenever wherever like jesus let's partake today
Let's stand to our feet, church.
praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
the cross before, the cross before. of our faith that you're enough Lord we don't come together in the name of religion or as a religious act but we come because we have faith in you we come because we have relationship with you, we come because our hope is in you everything we need is in you, we come because our eternal hope is in you and Lord for anyone here today that not walking in relationship with you, I ask that there'd be a revelation of your love and of your peace and of your kindness. A revelation that you are God and that you love us to bits. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it is great this morning to have Pastor Ray with us. I was thinking, I, I first met Pastor, I don't know, it would have been the end of the 90s probably, down south, and um, that's a long time ago. It is. 1990. Very early. Yeah, I was. I was hardly born then. That's a long time ago. And um, and so I've got to know Pastor Ray a long time over the years. He, he, he is renowned around the world for his counseling with particularly with pastors but many many thousands of people but particularly with pastors and and uh, he comes into some incredible crisis situations and helps well we don't have a crisis on our hands this week I pray as long as you behave and 
but what, one of the things we are doing is, and I just think it's good for you to know, is that Pastor Ray spent some time with Jan and myself and Pastor Ray and Wendy and some other leaders and doing a bit of a war in the fitness, making sure we're not going to fall over or anything, making sure that things are okay. And uh, that should be reassuring for you as a church, knowing that you know, we're submitting ourselves and opening ourselves to His wise counsel and um, because we want to be in a good place. If we're not in a good place, it makes it hard to lead other people to a good place. And so, uh, anyway, all of that to welcome him. He is a great man, a great man of God, and we appreciate him and we honour him. So as he comes, can you please give him a massive hand this morning? Thank you for being with us this weekend. Tried and we found. Thank you. Technology at its best. Never mind. It is such a joy to be here this morning, and uh, we've had one service already, which has been wonderful. And uh, so we're looking to see what God wants to say in this service. Amen. As, as we talk, because I believe that what we have this morning is for both congregations and that the Lord would speak into your heart this morning. Uh, if I'm going to be God's messenger, I want to have God's message. Amen. Amen. So thank you, Pastor Sheridan and Jen. It has been. It's the early 90s sometime we, we, we connected, and that has been a while ago. Absolutely. But we really, really appreciate that. And Pastor Ray and Wendy and uh, you, brethren, and we love you and we love the church and we're glad to be back. And so let's just see what the Lord's saying this morning. I, I want to ask you uh, a question, though, uh, before I just start on where we're going. Uh, first of all, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created. What did he do? What did he do? She's a real prophet. <laughs> we, needed, we needed to hear it loud. What did he create? And then what did Jesus pray? Thy will be done as it is in heaven. One thing that's absolutely vital is that everything begins in heaven. It doesn't begin on earth. You and I are not initiators. The branch does not support the root. It's the root that supports the branch. And it's vital that it begins in heaven. God's perspective for you and I this morning is not about our weak 
our earthly vessels about who we are. And I want you to ponder on this thought, which I'm not preaching about, but on this thought, on the fact is that the timing we're talking about this morning is that it begins in heaven. Everything begins in heaven. I am only a responder. When I came to Christ, I'm not going to heaven because I have to, because I must. Whatever I am doing in the Christian life is because one day God took the want out of me for the world and he put the want into me for Jesus. And I'm living out of a want. I'm doing it because I want to. And if we're not serving the Lord this morning because we want to, because he's put the want in, we're just in legalism. It has to begin in heaven. Heaven puts the want in. I have no interest in heaven unless God put the want in me for heaven. And it has to begin in heaven. I am not an initiator. I'm a responder. Here's something for you to chew over. Jesus did not come as an example for us. Jesus came as an example of us. I was in a I was in a meeting. I was on the bill with an international preacher in one country I was in, and we were on the same bill. He preached a message that I had enormous problem with, to which I finally dismissed. And the reason I dismissed it, I didn't miss him because he's a friend, and uh, uh, I, I love him. But I have a, uh, I have a strength of a conviction about a theology. And what he said, and he is a wonderful, amazing international speaker, but he said this, and this was his message. Stop being critical. It's not judging him about the message. You don't know him, and uh, you weren't in the meeting. But I'm only wanting to stress this morning that Jesus is not an example for us. He's an example of us. And this particular message was this. Five things we expect from God. And then he reversed it and said, five things God expects out of me. Now, I want to say something to you this morning. If I am on a par with Almighty God, that my expectations are equal to His expectations, I am in a terrible mess. I am completely and utterly a total failure. If Almighty God expects something out of this earthen vessel, out of my flesh, he's going to be sadly disappointed. God expects nothing from me because the revelation of this end time is Colossians 1.27. Christ in me is the hope of glory and Christ in me is the only hope of God ever getting glory out of me. Amen. It has to be the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we sing this morning and we believe it with all our heart. Christ is enough for me. It is not Jesus plus. It is only Jesus, totally Jesus, absolutely Jesus, wonderful Jesus. He's my righteousness. He's my holiness. He's my love. He's my peace. He's my everything. Jesus Christ has got everything. Amen. I attribute absolutely nothing to myself. And when I come to you this morning, I only come as a mouthpiece to the glory of God. I only come to you because you know why? 
He put a treasure in an earthen vessel. And it's been earthen ever since. It's an earthen vessel. Amen. The cabinet can't be greater than the treasure. This morning, oh, that the treasure would be seen. Oh, that only the treasure would be manifested. Only that the treasure would be revealed. That we would see Jesus and that we would know that he is enough. Amen. And there's nothing but Jesus this morning. And he only gets the glory out of me because of the indwelling presence of his son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I'm not trying to measure up. I'm just letting his life flow through me. It's when Christ, who is my life, shall appear. He's not a part of me. He's my life. Amen. It's when my life shall... When we're singing that chorus, Christ is enough for me, I'm just thinking about how much we try to perform and we try to make it happen and we try to get it going. I want to tell you this morning and everything you're looking for, everything you need, everything you are, it's all because of him. He's everything you are. He works from heaven to earth. He does not start with you. He does not start with me. What a miserable failure of a salvation that would be if it started with me. I'm just a recipient of everything that's already taken place. Amen. Amen. I will be done on earth only as it's done in heaven. So he has to initiate it. And my joy this morning and your joy this morning is responding. We're just responders. Hallelujah. That's why whenever we move in the Spirit this morning, we move responsive to the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit's not there, it's just a lot of words, it's a lot of effort, it's a lot of, well, I'm in church, oh, hallelujah. It's not to do with that. It is to do is I want to worship the God who means everything to me, who is my supply, who is all that I need. Amen. We keep our eyes on all that we need, heaven to earth. Amen. So this morning, I want to talk about waiting. I want to talk about God's timing because I felt in preparing, because I could go down the line that I'm talking now because I feel so inspired when we're singing that song, Christ is enough for me. I want us to really believe that. You know, really believe that. I mean, believe that. And the very innermost parts of our being that works out through our lives, that we can relax in him. Rest in him. Because there's a rest for the people of God, and it's not in the sweet by and by. Amen? We go through a difficult life, and we're going to look at some of the ways that God can come. But remember, it's always going to start with him. It's got to be with him. It's got to work from him. If it, doesn't, if it starts with me, I shouldn't be preaching. Because this is not about me. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Amen. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Well, that's a sermonette before I start the sermon. Did you get it? Yes. Amen. Amen. I was so excited when I was singing that chorus. I wanted to jump up and just start preaching right away. Okay. Well, what? Oh, she's up already. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I just bring this along. I was saying and tell them in the first service, I, I bring it along and I put a, a photo of my wife up and, and uh, I do it purposely, not just because she's a, a very attractive lady and I'll bring her up close, which she doesn't like because she reckons you can see the lines. Well, I think she's okay. I like the lines and all. And I do that because people ask me, so often I am amazed, what's your wife like? 
or they're sitting there thinking about it and then talk to me. I wonder who he's married to. I wonder what sort of woman she is. I wonder how she puts up with him. <laughs> so what I do is I just put it up there and say, there she is, have a look, make your own mind up. Amen. Then it saves me all the questions. We, we've been married this year 50 years. Yeah. Amen. It's a, a couple of life sentences. Now, one of, the thing, one of the things that's important is please don't see that. I know you clap and it's a wonderful thing and, uh, and 50 years is a long time. And it doesn't seem 50 years by any means. But I need to tell you something. Please don't ask me the secrets and get me to talk to you about the secret that I'm a wonderful person. I have been an incredible husband and an amazing father. And I can't tell you too much anyway because my son marks with me, which is a joy to have him with me. And so he keeps checks and balances on me. And I have to watch that. And he dobs me into mum when we talk on Facebook. And so I have to be careful. But you know, the thing is, I don't have answers because one of the biggest things is it's the grace of God. You know, it's totally the grace of God. I don't ask me what I get right, but I could sure tell you what I get wrong. I, I do. And I mean, I still get it wrong. And I still get in the poo. And I'm still learning. Amen. It's a bit like with Jesus. You never stop discovering. And you never stop learning. Amen. So I don't know how many more years, another 10, another 20. I don't know what we have. But one thing is, we want to enjoy what we have. Amen? And so it's in the grace of God that we would do that. I want to really talk to you this morning about waiting. The, the, uh, the social media, the media at large, calls this the age of uncertainty, the day of uncertainty. People are uncertain. Young people do not know any longer what's going to happen. This is a difficult generation for young people to be alive in. And when I work with teenagers, work with young people, in, particularly in private practice or Bible schools and seminaries, it's quite amazing how they're being knocked around in their thinking, knocked around in their identity. And today, people's identity has been totally shaken and their hope has been shaken right down to their very sexual identity that the world is now trying to convince us of something other than the order of God, something other than what God has set. And there is so much confusion. People don't know. And one of the most incredible things is where I have my offices upstairs in the city down underneath that whole block along there on one side, woman health, woman's health, and right to the end of that block, it's all mental health catering only for 12 to 25-year-olds. That's not in Syria. That's in Cos Harbor. One woman has been really complaining because she has to wait too long to get her five-year-old into a psychiatrist. The depressed people. So society is not turning out people who are more emotionally, emotionally and mentally healthy. They are actually distorting people's identity, going to the very core of the individual. And what's happening is it's causing more and more mental health more and more emotional health. 
And that's why today you and I have purpose as believers, and we have a goal, and in the midst of a world that's out of control, in the midst of a world that's falling apart, we have a God. And so you're going to do something for me right now, regardless of whatever might be going on in your world, the world at large, I want you to turn to somebody this morning, and I want you to say to them, but God's got it. We have to work with the stability that brings purpose, that brings good emotional and mental health. Never mind our physical or spiritual health, but that we can be alive and that we can be happy and that we can be free in God. Amen. The reason why I have two passports. I hold a British passport and I also hold an Australian passport but I am a citizen of neither because I am only a pilgrim, a stranger. That's why the world doesn't suit me because I'm a strange person to them. We are strangers because we are citizens of heaven. Everything happens in heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. God declares me a son. He declares me a citizen. And this morning, my stability is not as much as I love Australia and as much as you have an incredible country in New Zealand. The stability that we have this morning is not in our government locally. It's not in our world government. It is the fact that the government is upon his shoulders and of his kingdom there shall be no end. I want our focus to be there this morning. Amen. And as we go into some scriptures, I just want you to look at them with me in this service today. I want to talk about God of the breakthrough. People chasing signs and people looking for wonders and people looking for all sorts of things. And Jesus talks about them both. But let me say something to you this morning. The Bible said it's a wicked and a perverse generation that seeks for a sign. Do you know what happened? Pentecost has changed dramatically for me. I came into Pentecost as a teenager. I saw miracles, probably every miracle other than the raising of the dead. I saw incredible moves of God. I saw these great men that God raised up, many of them who could run off now. There's books on those men. I could read them out to you, the names of great men that I knew as a teenager growing up and seeing preaching to hundreds of thousands of people and people walking out of wheelchairs, coming off their deathbed, all kinds of things. And then what happened in Pentecost, the problem is people started chasing signs and wonders and healings and miracles. But I want to tell you today, we don't have any of those great men, hardly you hear any of them at all. There's one or two names that's around, but very little. You know why? Because the day of the one-man show is over. Because the day of the one-man show has come. This is the day of the revelation of Jesus Christ. When somebody becomes nobody and gets lost in the body, because God will not give his glory to anybody. Amen. God's doing different things. It's a wicked and a perverse generation that seeks for a sign. But then he said, but these signs will follow them that believe. We need God's order right. 
we need to get it right. These days, God speaks to us through his son. We've got to get Jesus back in our thinking and in our voice and our vocabulary and our desires that all I want is Jesus. All that we need is Jesus. Amen. Because the most important thing today, miracles and healings, they're not an indication of our great faith or a vindication of our ministry or even the accuracy of our theology. They are the mercy and the grace of God. Because I, I, I see people who are despondent and they keep talking back. Oh, the good old days, those days. Oh, the time when God did that. I read all those books. You know, stop reading those books. Because you know why? I don't want to be like any of those men. Oh, really? No, but I'm telling you something. I want their God. I want their God. People are going back trying to match themselves and emulate being like one of those great men. I'll tell you something. God's turning us around to the one man, the man Christ Jesus, that my mind and my eyes and everything about me and my affections will not be set on the miracles or the signs and the wonders and all the things I want to happen, but they'll be on him. Amen. Praise God. Waiting. Who waits well? Tell me if you're a good waiter. I'm talking about being in a restaurant. I really have felt this morning in my preparation that there's that many things, my heart's full, that I'd like to be preaching on. But I know that the Lord is saying something to our heart this morning, and I'm praying that the Holy Spirit encourages you, even if there's one word that I bring, even if there's one sentence that I bring, even something that the Lord's saying to you, that that's going to quicken you and that it's going to bless you. I want to tell you something. Personally, for me, I am incredibly impatient. So if you think I'm improving... God bless you, brother. I'm not, I'm as impatient today as I was when I was a teenager. And my son's just as bad. <laughs> I was telling him the other night when we were writing about the delightful dinner with Pastor Sheridan and Jen, and we are talking about Mark, and I just said, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. Impatient. I don't do well with it. Just ask my wife about my driving. Because you know why? I'm not getting better. I'm not improving. That's a shock. I'm 74 years old. And if I haven't got it now, I'm never going to get it. So I've given up. Amen. I hate waiting, and I always have hated waiting, and I don't want to wait. I don't like waiting. Because God's method was not to make me better. God's method was not to improve me. God's method was to replace me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. He's my patience, because outside of him I have none. Amen. Patience is certainly not the fruit of Ray Andrews. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. At least my book tells me that. Amen. So who likes waiting? Oh, I do stupid things at the airport. I go from line to line when I'm waiting up at customs or somewhere. And it's one of the things, it's one of the hardest things in what I do in traveling is waiting. Waiting in airports. Waiting for hours when the fog's down, the plane's broken down. Something's gone wrong. Waiting. No. I don't want.
want to wait. And the reason that I'm going for saying that this morning is because I know I'm not the only one here. If I am, then the Lord must have said to me, stay in your motel room and preach it to yourself. I move from line to line. I go in different lines, and I see one moving faster, and I move over. Another one, and I move over. And then I look up, and I notice, oh, the girl's gone. She's moved away from the desk to help somebody. Oh, no. If I just stayed where I was, I'd probably have been through by now. I don't work well, so that's why I travel best alone. I took my two grandsons with me to Britain, and we went to Ireland and Britain and Spain, and you know what? The most amazing things, two very different, well, three very different personalities, three different people with different desires, wants, needs, everything else, and yet I was absolutely amazed. It had to be in the grace of God because we had one of the most harmonious trips, even though they were saying to me, wait, pop, wait, pop, wait, pop. They're only 21 and 22. I'm 74. But I was meters in front everywhere. Amen. I will not be caught dragging the chain. When that happens, shoot me. Waiting. Boy, we're not going to get through this message this morning at all. It's not going to happen. I don't know what we're going to do now because I'm strung out. Okay. There's miracles in the waiting. Actually, waiting is a wonderful thing. And so waiting is important. So the message is for me, and it's for you this morning, but I do know that the Lord wants to speak to some of our heart this morning, and so please let the Holy Spirit just speak whatever part of it is that's speaking to you this morning in the waiting. Because we can't wait. I can't wait. We are in a can't-wait society, and we are in a generation of the immediate. This generation is not thinking about the next one. When you see the government laws, when you see what people want, when you see how greedy, how selfish people have become, they are not thinking about what's going to happen down the road. Because why? Because they have lost hope. And so now they're just going to go with whatever they can get, and they can't wait. I'm not willing to wait. And now we have people in debt, countries in terrible debt, because they got to get something now. I have to have it. And that is what I see and you see, and it's on the news, and they're out with their banners, and they're shouting out whatever the thing is they're after, and they're shouting out and screaming out, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? I'll tell you what I'll give you. I'm not remotely interested in what you want. When do you want it? When do we want it? Uh-huh. We want it now. We want it now. As though there's going to be some kind of a counter at the end of the road when they get there with their banner ready to hand out whatever it is they want. People are declaring everything. They just want it now. Self-gratification. Young people don't want to wait anymore for marriage. They just want to live together. They want to have sexual relations together. They want to have self-gratification together. Everything has to be instant. We've got to have it now. We must have it now. We've got to get it now. We don't like waiting because of this instant society. That Because you know why? All the advertisements are promising us that we can have it now. 
There's a huge price to pay for having it now. I'll tell you, down the line, and I may not be around to see it, but my grandkids may well be, they're going to be paying an awful lot of debts for their grandparents and their parents because they wanted to have it now. We can easily have it now. I even see that spiritually, as I mentioned this morning early. I was amazed. I was just reading about people that got back from color, the, you know, that conference that they do for the ladies, and they got back from color. And I was reading the thing, and I looked at it, and I thought, really? On the Facebook, they said, just been to color. Can't wait for next year. Can't wait for next year. Can't wait for next. What? You just came out? I also have read ads. Hopefully they haven't come from this church. And I was really smiling when I was reading one only recently. This morning, we had miracles, healings, and salvation. We can't wait for tonight. There's going to be more. Really? I'm not going to the morning service anymore because it all happens at night. There's more at night. There's much more at night. Do you know something? We keep looking for more and more and more. And you know, sometimes, oh dear, I don't know where I'm going to finish up here this morning. <clears throat> we have cabins in the mountains that we go and do retreats and so up, up near Aspen in Colorado. And a youth leader, he was up there doing a youth camp. And, you know, everything's cooked almost outside. And the, and, and the Americans, which you know, they do all these big pots of beans, all types of beans, everything's beans of this kind of description and other beans, which is really not good when you're working together in a confined department. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I've got a lot of seminars. You wouldn't want to light a match. And you know, they had these big pots of beans, and, and the pot was just about ready to cook, and as the pot's about to cook, here comes a bear. Well, the bear's roaring, and the bear's just roaring, and the next thing, of course, the walls of those cabins are six inches thick. Mind you, I've seen where the bears put their arm right through the thing, but they all disappear inside the cabins like mad, and the bear comes up, tips over the pot of beans, and eats the lot. And then it comes up, and starts hammering on the door, roaring, 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 roaring. And what it sounds like is, more, 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 more. And when I sit in a meeting and I listen to Christians singing, more love, more power, more joy, more, I think, I hear the bear, more, 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 I want more. There's no end to it. It's just more and more. Instead of being satisfied with Jesus, I keep screaming for more. We are so easy, more people. So whenever you visualize like I do, I sit there and I just can see the bear at the door. More! Whoa! Whoa! Pastor, give me more! Church, give me more! God, give me more! instead of being satisfied with Jesus. We're just like bears screaming for more. 
looking for more. There'll be more tonight. There'll be more tonight. I'll most likely be here tonight, but I don't know what more there'll be because I have no idea what God's doing this morning, never mind tonight. You may be here, it's way after lunch. When you start walking out, I'll know that you're sick of it. First of all, I have only got to the scripture now. Let's try it together. I'll see how fast I can move. Are you doing all right? Yeah. So don't start screaming more. <laughs> Maybe it's finished. The difficult times have pined throughout the world, and they are. They really are. So the, world, the Word of God has identified with it already. They are simply birth pangs. You know why? The whole creation that's been under a curse since the fall is crying out for the redemption of the body. And now the whole world is calling out. But it's birth pains. It's in the plan. Everything that's happening is in the plan. Glory to God. I'll get excited. You don't have to. It's all right. But it's not around us. It's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. <laughs> That's why waiting does not diminish us, whatever you're waiting for. Any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. Only God will determine how big you'll become before you deliver. But the longer we wait, the larger we become, the more joyful is our expectation. We are joyful in the waiting. We are happy in the waiting. We are praising God in the waiting. We are not getting depressed. We are not having anxiety. We are not worried about what's going on because we are rejoicing in the waiting. That's what I want us to do this morning when we get to the end somewhere at some point. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the moment we get tired, and we do, we get tired, and God knows we get tired. Humanly, we get tired. Jesus got tired, and he pulled out to go to rest a lot of times. But God's Spirit is right alongside us helping us. If we don't know how to pray, it doesn't matter. He does praying in and for us, making prayer out of the worthless sighs and aching groans. And boy, we have had a lot of those. He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition, and he keeps us present before the Lord. Let me assure you of this this morning. If this has ever crossed your mind, that there's so many other people. How could a God Almighty be thinking about just you? I want to tell you this morning that he's keeping you always present before your Father. He hasn't lost interest in you. He hasn't lost connection with you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He knows your heartache. He knows your pain. He knows what you're believing him for. He knows everything about you. And I want you to know this morning, he is keeping you present before the Father. Isn't that so good to know this morning? Oh, it's so good to know. And that's why we can be sure that every detail of our lives, of our love for God, has worked into something good. Keep moving before you start preaching more on that. So build your case before the Lord. That's fine. But wait for his verdict. Don't try to make it happen yourself. 
Don't try to get it going. Don't set the plan before God and then think, well, God's not hearing me. I get on and do it myself. Listen, put your plan, put your case before the Lord and wait for his verdict because it's his word that renews me. David says, I wait for the word to renew me. All I'll do is exhaust myself by trying to perform, by trying to make it happen. You know, sometimes it seems such a waste of time to wait because you know why? We want to be doing something. We want to be actioning something. And we think, well, if God's not going to do something, I'll do something. David said, no, no, it's only the word of God that renews you. Just wait to be renewed by the word of God. God can do in one minute for you and me what we would never do in a lifetime. Amen. Waiting for his word. Be brave, be strong, don't give up. Expect God to get here soon. God is the one and the only. I wait as long as he says. Oh, good David. Because why? Everything we need this morning comes from him. So why not wait? <laughs> if it's coming from him, then why not wait? There's no point in trying to make it happen. There's no point in trying to force the hand of God. Not some things come from him. Everything comes from him. So why not wait? What is it that you're waiting for? Maybe you felt dis despondent and discouraged and disheartened. And I want to go to a place that I really feel this morning is some people here that you have felt that maybe God had spoken to you and that you've got discouraged and it's not going to happen. My encouragement this morning is, and another verse we'll come to, is that just wait, because everything that you need comes from him. So why not wait? In other words, how stupid it would be to try and make it happen yourself. Amen. Is that good? God works in his timing, not ours. So have patience. What sort of patience? The patience of the Holy Spirit. Letting God bring patience. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Amen. And let God bring patience. When the time is right. When the time is right. When the time is right. Why? Because God's not working from your time or my time. He's working from his idea of time out of eternity. Amen. So when the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. I, the Lord, will make it happen. Brother, sister, this morning, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Amen. I will. I will. These are not words. These are promises. If we can wait. Now, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it and went out against them. And then the Philistines went and they made a raid in the valley of Ephraim, meaning giants, which seems to keep coming over and over again. And David inquired of God, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, Go up, for I will deliver them into your hand. So they went up to baal Perazim. If I get there, which I'm not sure because I'm trying to watch the clock, but that word is so powerful for me, a word that God gave me that really was a revolutionary turnaround in my life. baal Perazim meant so much to me. And David defeated him there. And then David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, they called the name of that place Baal-perazim. 
And when they left their gods there, David gave a commandment and they burned the, the things with fire. And then the Philistines once again made a ride in the valley. Here they come again. The problem it never seems to stop. As soon as I thought it was all over, suddenly there's something else going wrong. I just thought that life was just settling down now and things were peaceful and things were going well. And then here it is again. Not again. Not again! Have you ever said that at all? Oh, not again. They just keep coming at you. And sometimes I see some people go through a lot of things. Mark, if you just come out and just tie my lights for me, son, since you wanted to be my servant. <laughs> Mark's a helicopter pilot, you know, and he's been doing some work for me, did the laundry and everything yesterday, and I was thanking him for doing that, and I said, Mark, you should travel with me. He said, Dad, I'll travel with you to fly you places, not to do your washing, your laundry, and to do your stuff. <laughs> so he reminded me, but thank you, Mark, that's good. Do you know, I just want you to say that, probably everybody in this building has said, not again, not again. That's life. Life's not again. Life happens. And it isn't epic, uh, the, the uh, Epictetus, a philosopher, said this. He said, it is never what happens to you in life that matters. It's what you do with what happens that matters. It's how you view it. And so we realize that's life. Giants will come. Sometimes they are like big giants. Too much to overcome is too big. But the most important thing is to understand this. Do like David. Keep going to God. Just keep going to God. Don't try to formulate it. Don't try to work it out. Just go back to the Lord and inquire of the Lord. Just go talk to the Lord. Present your plan to the Lord. Amen. So David did. And he went up and, and God said to him, no, this time you won't do it the same as you did last time because God won't be tied into your formula. Circle around them and come upon them in front of the mulberry tree. And it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the top of the mulberry trees, then you shall go out to battle, for God has gone out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. So David did as God commanded him, and they drove back the army of the Philistines from Gibeon as far as Gezer. And then the fame of David went out into all the lands, and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations. How important that is to hear, to listen, to inquire of the Lord, and not to think you got the formula or you got it right. The next verse I'm going to read to you, I want you to hear it. I, I, I have felt very strongly this morning, both this service and the last service, this next passage of Scripture, I want you to hear something. And the reason why I believe it's a word of the Lord for you is because God has spoken into your life about some things that you have prayed about, some things that you have inquired of the Lord about, some things that you've been expecting God to do, and God has given you a word. There's been a prophetic word, or there's been a rhema word. You've got it from God, and you really felt, some time ago you felt, that's, that's, that's great, that's wonderful. You were quickened by it, and you were blessed by it. And then time's gone by, and nothing's happened. Nothing's changed, and you're getting discouraged, and you're getting disheartened. And, and you know that who this will be speaking to, or many may be speaking to you this morning, but I want you to hear this this morning because this is a word for your heart. Listen to this next verse. And in the third year of Assyria's king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long. You've waited and waited and think it's not going to happen. It's not going to take place. I must have missed it. It must have been God. May I encourage you on this point this morning, 
that when you know that God had spoken to you and you really were quickened by it and you really sensed it was a word from God for you, but nothing's happened yet, may I say to you this morning, the word was true. But the appointed time seems so long. Wait, I say on the Lord. Because why? God has got it. Amen. Be encouraged. You can tell me after the service, like they did in the first service, and you can tell me and say, boy, that was it. One lady in the first service, she came to me. She said, I've not been in church for a long, long, long time. But this morning, the word was for me. Do you see? God knows, doesn't he? So see, it's God's appointed time that she thought she was just coming to church because her friend brought her. But it was God's appointed moment, and the message was for her. She had got discouraged and disappointed. And then you think, well, what's the point in going to church? What's the point? God isn't even on the job, but God doesn't even care. God's not even interested. And then she comes this morning and finds out the word was actually true all the time. It's just that the appointed time is long. And because we're not good waiters, it's hard to seem to hang in there. But the Holy Spirit will help us if we depend on him. Amen. He understood the, vi- the me- And then he understood the message, and he understood the vision. So, don't doubt in the dark what you learned in the light. Amen. Trusting God in the light is easy. Trusting him in the dark, that's faith. Charles Harden Spurgeon. You see, you can have a song in your heart in the night. After every trial, after every fight, anyone can sing when the sun's shining bright. But we can have a song in our heart in the night. Amen. Even in your dark moment, even in your difficulty, even whenever you think everything's pressing against you, even when it seems the Philistines are coming again and again, even when you feel that you haven't had that happen. Because why? Because he's the source of our prize. Amen. And I can have a song in my heart in the night. Praise God. God never hurries. There are no deadlines against which he must work. To know this quiets and quiets our spirits and relaxes our nerves. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta settle your nerves. You gotta settle your nerves. God is not in a hurry because he's got nowhere to go. Let's relax. Just relax. God's got it. You go out of here and know God has got it. Amen. God does what God does. God's way, his plan, his method is not tied into your methodology, time frame, or how we think he works. Because no formula finally works. Not even the formula that no formula finally works. God can do it again. Amen. When the fullness of time has come. So what my encouragement this morning is, don't give up. Live in joy today. That's an inner joy, not born of circumstances, not born of the tribulations, not born of what's around us, but the inner joy, the joy of Jesus. Not because we got something, not because we're rejoicing that we've got something wonderful, we have got a big check, or we have got these wonderful answers, or we have got anything. No, because God is helping us to see this morning that He is the source of our joy. He is the source of our praise, and that we can live in the midst of this hour, and the darkness, and the difficulties around us, and we can live in this with real hope. Amen. What is real hope? 
Real hope is confident expectations, excited anticipation. Hope's an amazing thing. It's not a resigning thing. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. Confident expectation. I know it's going to happen. I know God's going to do it. I'm excited. I may not have the answer yet. I may not get out of this yet. Those things haven't happened. My grandchildren haven't come back to the Lord. My, my situation has not changed. But I want to tell you something this morning. I want you to live with hope. I want you to live with hope this morning that God has got it and you can live with confident expectation and excited anticipation. My little cartoon coming up in a moment is going to help you to do that and to help you to see how we can live in the middle of that because since we are employed by the mercies of God and not by our own qualifications, quitting is never an option. Oh, hallelujah. Watch my little paper cartoon. I didn't draw it, I just took it out of the thing. Because what I want you to do today, I want you to be leaving this service, and I want everybody going out of here today happy puppies. We're going to be happy puppies. If we could just take a message from the puppy. Do you see? This is what we've been saying and building up to and talking all the time, because the puppy is still in the cell on day one. The puppy is still in the cage. But if you look at the puppy at the end, and the beginning, you will see that the face of the puppy is just the same. That I can still be the same. That I can sing even though it's not happened. Even though I seem to still not have the answer. Even though it hasn't taken place. Even though that hasn't got for me the way I wanted it to go. I want to tell you something. We can still be in that situation and we can still have joy. And we can still live with excited anticipation, confident expectation. Amen. And when that answer comes, and when God meets you, and when there is a real breakout, and when you have been delivered from whatever that situation is, when you do, it'll be no shock because you knew it, you knew it, you knew it. Amen. This little puppy. Today's the day. Today's the day. Today is the day. He enjoyed today. I want to really encourage you this morning. Enjoy your moment. People are missing the joy of the moment because they keep looking for something tomorrow. They keep looking for something in the future. They keep looking to the answer rather than enjoying the moment. Let's really enjoy the moment. Every day, Monday. Today is the day. But in this day, I'm happy. In this day, I'm still smiling. In this day, I look the same. My tongue's even hanging out on the first day. And finally, when the lady comes, he walks out. He's full of love. Oh. Did you do that? No? And then he walks out with a lady. When the answer comes, there's no shock. There's no big surprise. Because you know why? You had the same testimony when you came out as you did on day one when you were still in it. Because your testimony wasn't just because you got free or you got your answer or something happened. Your testimony was that you're living out of Jesus. You're living out of his life. You're enjoying the moment regardless of your situation, the giants or the circumstances. And when it happens, you... But I knew it. But I knew it.
but I knew it. And I go out rejoicing, happy, excited. Amen. Amen. This morning, I won't go to my story because I'm way out of time. Thank you for letting me talk so long. But do you know something? Are you going to leave the meeting but things have not changed? But you're down, depressed, anxious, sad, worried, angry at God, mad because it hasn't happened to you. You know what? I want you going out of the meeting this morning, a happy puppy. I just want people walking out happy puppies. Amen. Can you be a happy puppy? Amen. Hey, it's been great talking to you. God bless you. It's been so good this morning. I will be speaking tonight. And if you want to come out tonight so I can see how many happy puppies came back. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Great message. So tonight there will, will be more. More of Ray. Hopefully more of God than Ray. So it'll be good. Fantastic. Hey, a couple of things as we finish. Um, if you are visiting with us today, please make sure you go via the table at the back. Receive a, a, a pack there. And if we can help you in any way, we'd like to do that. As we finish now, we are going to receive an offering because... Uh, we want to really be able to bless Pastor Ray as he goes. He could be anywhere in the world today, but he's here with us, and we really, really appreciate that. So if you could prepare yourselves for that, that would be great. Also, <clears throat> as you leave, thank you for being purposed in your giving. There are giving stations to the left of both doors, and we appreciate your giving. It really does empower us to do everything that we've been called to do, which is great. Would you like to stand? I would like to declare God's blessing over you. Actually, as you stand, we, we celebrated this week. We got to celebrate Nairi being on staff here for 20 years. Isn't that great? It's fantastic. Well done, Nairi. That's a great thing. Great thing. I'll just wait till they receive, finish receiving the offering before I pray. Think about the message while you're waiting. <clears throat> Father, I thank you for your church. I thank you that we can gather, we can celebrate. I thank you that you've got it and that we can relax in that. I thank you that you've things for us to do this week. And I pray that we can do them empowered by you and not out of a sense of striving or having to earn anything. Wherever we are and whenever we're there this week, help us to be like Jesus, I pray. That we would reflect the culture of heaven, the attitudes of heaven, the atmosphere of heaven, wherever you've placed us. And I ask, Lord, that your blessing would rest on us, your church, as we do that. So as we go into our week, I declare your blessing over every person in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great afternoon.
encourage you to get to know a few people and why not come out tonight? We're going to have a great time together. Thank you.